0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to Coming Back to Life, the podcast that opens you up to growth and healing that will help you live the life that you desire and deserve the most while loving yourself in the process. I'm your host, Debbie O'Keefe. It's such an honor and a privilege to be here with you today. And I want to thank you for sharing the gifts of your energy and your time with me for this experience. Hello and welcome everyone to another incredible episode of Coming Back to Life. It is such an honor and a pleasure to be here with all of you. And before we begin, I want to take a moment to thank two of the supporters who have um, contributed and offered their support to this podcast, Julie Ardito and Joe Michio. And without their support, um, I cannot continue to bring these Incredible interviews and these episodes and all of the production that goes into this podcast and if you'd like to join me in my efforts by becoming a supporter I invite you to check out the information in the show notes. and um, offer your support in any way possible, so that we can continue to bring these episodes out into your life and into the world, so thank you Joe and thank you Julie from the bottom of my heart and today we have with us meg megan winters and that again okay today we have with us megan winters and she is going to be sharing her stories and her experiences with us um another former special education teacher i find it funny how all walks of life bring you to who it is that you are meant to to meet and i seem to find this common connection with many special education teachers but megan's um experiences that she is going to be sharing is going to further contribute to those experiences that literally have a way of catapulting us. And when we ignore those shoulder taps in our lives, we talk so much on this podcast about these experiences, that there are different things in our lives that give us the shoulder taps that tell us, oh, you might want to pay attention to this. Oh, I'm not sure this is the right direction. And when it is that we ignore those shoulder taps, how we can kind of either be literally hit upside the head in some cases through illness or injury or even car accidents. And other times where we can literally be pulled from experiences or denied all of the opportunities that we think we're meant for or that are on the path that we think we're meant to be taking um but how those powers of be uh powers that be have that authority to really redirect us in some ways that we quite often never expect and what it is that megan has been able to bring about in her life and in the world uh, as a result of the decisions, the risks that she's taken, um, and some of the really empowering choices that she has made throughout in her life. So, Megan, thank you so much for being here with us today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Um, So Megan, if you would, please, can you give us a little bit of background uh, before we take into where it is that you are now of what it is that you come from and uh, some of those signs and signals that indicated to you that it was time for a change?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So my uh, background professionally is that I was a special education teacher for many years. I worked with students on the autism spectrum in particular. Uh, That was an area of interest for me. And um, I was a teacher for seven years, and then I was a teacher consultant, um, and then I was an assistant principal. None of those transitions were intentional transitions either. I loved the classroom so much. I was so passionate about teaching. I was so passionate about working with kids. how and so and I think because I was I was a good teacher um you know my administration had you know you know how about you become a, a teacher consultant and help and support other teachers and I was like no I don't think I'm ready well I continued to say no many times and then um the current teacher consultant at the time was going for knee surgery and they said okay so here's a great opportunity you can just try it just try it and then you can go right back to the classroom. And I said, "Okay, you know that this will be a great experience. I will try it." So eight weeks turned into twelve because her recovery was a little bit longer than expected. And then she accepted a position as a special ed supervisor. So here I am sitting in her chair, just have learned the job of of, of like holding that position, and now the position's open. So. Um, of course, my administration was like, okay, so you know this, uh, it would really make our life so much easier if you took this position, um, so I ended up doing that, and I was a teacher consultant for a couple years, and then that position dissolved into an assistant principal, and so then <laughs> then I was an assistant principal, and um, education, uh, like, educating in the classroom, and educating, uh, or, and b- being an administrator, they are completely different things, like, 100 percent polar opposites mm-hmm. um like i said i was really passionate about the classroom um i'm grateful for my experience as an assistant principal i was in that position for three years which um when you were just talking about shoulder taps in your introduction really made me think of um when i took on that role as assist- an assistant principal i told the principal i'm going to give you three years just three years like i I don't know if this is for me long term, um, but I'll give you three years. She was new to that role as a principal. So like both of us were new at the same time. So I really wanted to like, give her a chance to like you know get her get her footing and uh, feel comfortable in that role before I left. And I had no idea where I was going. by the way, i just I just didn't know that I just didn't think it was going to be that there. <laughs> um, and um, so we got to about year two and a half. I was at like two and a half years, and I said, okay, I'm going to give you another year. Um, And at the time, uh, no one knew that I was also working on another project, an idea, dream that I had had for many years. So I, in my mind, was thinking, well, I'll just work a fourth year and while pursuing this other thing so that I have some stability while I'm creating this other thing. And that is not what the universe had in mind for me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh. So I, I just wanna piggyback off of this for a little bit and and really tie in here that I, I'd like to ask you, Megan, that like in hindsight now, when you look back on this, because I think your experience is something so many people, most especially women can relate to. And this is an interesting part where you know we talk often very diff about the difficulty of saying no right and and saying yes when we want to say no and that path of least resistance and going into these positions and this is one of those experiences where you're like no I said no and I was saying no for a very long time and I knew it was no and I knew I didn't want to do it But then all of these experiences and all of these opportunities, quote unquote, kept opening themselves up. And what it is for you that when you look back now, realizing like in that time, what it is that you experienced about yourself and in your life, once you were saying yes to these things that were clearly no for you, what were those signs of like disconnect for you, and what it was that you were going through in that experience that was that was letting you know, you know, this is not the right thing for you? Yeah, no, that's a that's a, a great question.
1: Um, when I was an assistant principal, I, I put a lot of fake pressure on myself. I I say fake because I made it all up in my own head i i was young so and i was a female and i was uh i I had imposter syndrome and so i thought that i had to act a certain way i thought i had to dress a certain way um interactions with people had to be a certain way like i created this whole fake persona that was megan as an assistant principal and it was so far from authentic megan um during that time i uh one of my which this is a bigger part of the story, but one of my uh, best friends, Jessica passed away um and she she was a wheelchair user, had muscular dystrophy um so it has so much to do with you know what I'm doing now but uh, after her passing uh, a few uh, her brother and another friend of ours and her cousin, we wanted to get um a, a whale a whale tail tattoo in memory of her and I was like no, I'm an assistant principal and assistant principals don't have tattoos. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Again, I like made that up in my own head. And so what I ended up doing is I did end up getting the tattoo, but I got it on underneath my left wrist. Mm. So then my Apple watch, my Apple watch would cover it and nobody would see it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so now in retrospect, I like, look back, on like, just even the, the the fact that even had those ridiculous thoughts, um, was so far from the authentic me. Um, so, uh, during that time I was, I was on anxiety meds. I was, uh, not showing up as a great wife, as a great mother. I was, uh, completely drained of all of my energy when I would get home at night, um, I just had nothing left in my tank at all. I'm kind of an introvert. I require recharge. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just didn't have, I didn't get any of that recharge. Um, so although, you know, I say this as a negative I mean, it sounds negative in the way that I'm speaking about it. I 100% believe that this was a part of my past that was meant for me. Um, like I needed to have that experience to get to where I am today.
0: Megan, I, I want to hit on some of these points because (laughs) as I meet and I, and I talk with um, each guest, it's amazing. I was expressing to Megan how every time I sit down with a guest that this process unfolds more deeply. And what I do is I sit here and, and as the person speaks, I, I get these gems of things that come out. And there were so many points that you hit on in that, in that experience and I really want to highlight these things. And what I heard from you was, you know, this alter ego and this double life and everything it was that you were creating for yourself around this position and this persona and this identity. And the key words you used there in, in the sharing of the experience with the tattoo was, I am an assistant principal, and assistant principals are not supposed to, dot dot dot. And recognizing this place that so many women find themselves in, and and totally, um, you know, sharing in this experience because I I share that when I left my role. As an educator the massive wave of depression anxiety chronic illness and all of these things that i experienced and now in hindsight realizing that it was because i identified myself by what i did not by who i was yeah. and when those roles and those positions come to an end it's like literally that loss of identity. Like, I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't know, what am I supposed to do? You don't even know what you like, what you want, what you need. And two other things that you you really said that were so impactful was the one thing of recognizing, it's so funny because so many of the guests that come on here as well are also introverts. I think I've had to date um, one, <laughs> who said, I'm an extrovert by nature, <laughs> but it's so funny. And I love this because there's there's so much about our life and our way of being that moves in such an opposing direction for introverts and highly sensitive and empathic people. And we are finding that so many highly sensitive empath people, um, introverts, you know, they come into these roles and positions of caregivers and educators and nurses and, and people who literally care and and give and nurture, because that's quite honestly, a strength, it's light working and healing. And there's a lot of friction in terms of the busyness and the stimulation Particularly that of an administrator, right? It's a non-stop ringing phone. It's the door open and closed. It's kids in and out. It's meetings, it's development, it's, you know, uh, training and it's ongoing education and paperwork and blah, blah, blah blah blah. And then a family on top of that. And the fact that in this place and time, you were literally being pushed to your breaking points energetically. And recognizing this isn't even a way that I feel that I can physically function anymore. Correct. And, you know, how many people without that knowledge and understanding? Now, did you know that you were an introvert at the time? Or is this something you came into understanding and awareness later?
1: No, I knew that I was an introvert, but I did not understand the value of self-care yet. Ah. So uh, that that came later that I understood that as an introvert I require this 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 and this to prepare me for my days to prepare me for life or to recharge my battery when it's empty. So let's um, be so- clear
0: on that one more time because I love to dispel this myth. <laughs> you said that were required of you and not just something you liked to have or was nice to have it was required of you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, now I, I was, you know, I had to, I, I had two young boys. I had to get up first thing in the morning. I had to get them ready for school. I had to get to work, you know, an hour before the other staff. And I was there two hours after everyone. And then I had to come home with these two boys. I mean, my husband was great support too, but I, I, I had to do the commuting of the kids just because of the location of where my job was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had all of these responsibilities and zero time for self-care. Like that was, that was just not, that was, I had, there was not enough hours in the day for, for self-care in there. And let's just be vulnerable.
0: So. Let's just be vulnerable and share there because this is where the gems come. What were those effects? Like when you were running on that empty tank and you had these two kids and you're running around and you had zero time or let's, let's be clear on this. We're not taking or investing that time into your self-care. How did this impact you? as like a mom and in your personal life, like what were some of the experiences that you had?
1: Um, I remember just not, I remember not having a lot of patience Mm. uh, for, you know, the things that my kids were doing. Um, I didn't uh, in retrospect, like I feel like I maybe missed out on some really great opportunities to interact and spend quality time with them. And same with my husband. Um, I think because I was on E I wasn't showing up as a great wife either I was unhappy I was uh grumpy I was drained and and how I deal with that or how I dealt with that is trying to control things and so like um because I felt such lack of control in so many other aspects of my life like I would come home and try to control things I would want like the, the kitchen a certain way and I would want this thing this way and so um control is how I try to like eat my sanity. And that didn't help.
0: Oh, my God, Megan, you are, I have to say in this moment, you are literally reaching out and hugging the heart of every single woman, wife, and mother, and really any caregiver. This could, this can be stay at home dads, this can be grandparents caring for children, um, and anyone who can really identify and share in this experience. And I've talked so much about this in my own personal life and, and, you know, there is that element of sadness that we do realize in hindsight, you know, as you said, you know, those missed out experiences in that missed time and how it is that we come to realize that when we make ourselves so readily available and exhaustively um, at the disposal of everyone and everything outside of us, we don't make ourselves available and we actually end up missing out. And how I came to realize it and and some other women have, have really connected with this is that those who deserve the best of us get the scraps.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Right. They get the crumbs, the leftover, they get the, you know, exhausted, burnt out, screaming, impatient mom. They get the tired wife that, you know, is like, I just need to go to bed because, you know, I, 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 we can't go out. I don't want to do anything. Um, You know, and then this idea too of control, that if I can just keep everything, because what we don't realize at the time is, is control is a very strong indicator when you're finding yourselves in that place of control. It's because everything else that's going on is so far out of whack. Like that is like this big neon billboard going, wrong direction (laughs) absolutely absolutely (laughs) so we grab and we grab and we grab and then what ends up happening right megan and i know you're going to be like yes totally i can relate to this then we get into this place like you said i want the kitchen a certain way i want that dishwasher loaded just the way i like to do it i need everything stacked everything in the drawers so we get so nitpicky about everything that we start doing everything ourselves Then we burn out even more going, well, I don't even get any help around here. (laughs) Well, we do, but you know, you never like the way we do it. And you know, I I laugh because my husband would be like, can you stop coming in? Like, you're like a helicopter. You just come in and you swoop under it. I was about to pick that up. Can you stop cleaning behind me? And I was like, oh, sorry. It's like, yeah, but I wanted that moved now. Or I'm not trusting that you're going to do, you know, all these nitpicky little things. And we don't realize at that time what it is that that does to the people who are there for us the most, who are connected to us, that we are supposed to be connected to the most. We miss out. We're, We're so outwardly focused that we forget what matters.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: And Megan, there was something else so powerful that you said. And um, in, a, in a few minutes, we're gonna take a break, but I think this is a beautiful way to wrap up this first section. And you said something that literally um, took my breath away. And when you talked about this idea that you and your friends wanted to get this tattoo in memory of your friend who you loved and cared about so much and who had such a deep impact and made a very lasting imprint in your heart and your life. And that this tattoo was literally an imprint that was symbolic of your love and memory for this person. And how where you were in your life was not only putting you in a place of, of saying, no, I won't get that, no matter how important that is, because I'm not supposed to, and I can't, and I shouldn't. These are all these dirty words, right? These right. dirty S words in our lives. <laughs> but how you you did get it, but you made sure you could hide it. Yeah. And what I got there was this absolute representation that that was such a point in your life where it was very clear that you were hiding your true self and and that the action of literally covering up and concealing something that was so important to you, was so represent, you know, representative of you hiding. Yep,
1: absolutely. And uh, I guess to uh, piggyback off of that, um, a few years later, as I, um, after I left the school and was uh, starting my own business. And uh, which was was a personal journey, a spiritual journey, Uh, it was a business journey. It's been an everything journey. But uh, about a year and a half after I left, I got a tattoo all the way down my forearm that says "Follow Your Heart," Um, (sighs) and that that was the moment for me. Like that was the, you know what? This is something that's so important to me. Uh, There are certainly people in my life that maybe would disapprove of a tattoo and I, I didn't care like I didn't mm. care like this is this is something that was so important to me it was actually a reward to myself for an accomplishment that I had and and so uh yeah that was that was a big moment for me when I finally did something and like didn't care what other people thought.
0: Wow Megan I you know and I'd like to highlight here because this is such a delicate balance as well that you know some people when they come into these places of like transformation and one of the things that we do on this podcast is um and in all the workings that I do um I I talk so much about you know that this is a time of unlearning and redefining these words that we have come to identify ourselves with and and in our lives and one of those being like authenticity and speaking your truth and living your truth and what what sometimes happens is people go through these waves where you know the pendulum swings the other way and you know someone in your position could fall into that place of like, oh, yeah, well, I was an administrator and I couldn't get it. Well, watch me now. I'm going to get like sleeves all over and I'm going to stick it to you, <laughs> right? Up yours. <laughs> and, I,
1: did, and I did not do that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I really want to highlight here, that some people, you know, it's like, well, I'm just trying to express my, it's all about intention. And and that's what I think is so beautiful about what it is that you're sharing here, that when you did that, that was not a, you know, middle finger and up yours to the education system or anybody who would have had a problem with that. This was your way of living freely. And fully expressing and having no, you know, doing it all the way up and down. You're not limiting to that tiny little space and playing small anymore. And, And like you
1: said, I was hiding with the other one. And this was me like coming out of hiding. I love that.
0: Oh, Megan, that is so beautiful we're going to put a pause in this and take a short break and when we come back we're going to talk with megan about how these uh pivotal moments and points of transformation shifted her in the direction of her life and where it is that her took her that where it is that it took her after that so please stay with us and we will be right back I hope you've been enjoying Coming Back to Life and all of the incredible guests that we have had with us and their amazing stories that they have shared with us along the way. It has been such an honor, a gift, and a privilege to be a part of these experiences, to meet these beautiful souls, and to share them with all of you. I want to take a moment to thank all of the supporters and every way that they have played a part in helping this podcast grow. It takes a village to raise a child, and this podcast is our baby. I'd like to invite you to become a part of the Coming Back to Life experience and show your support in whatever way feels right, best, and comfortable for you. You can click the link found in this portal or in the show notes below. And for as little as less than a dollar a month, you can help spread these messages out into the world, make more connections, and be a part of the change that we so greatly want to see. No amount is too small. Every bit helps. Everything is appreciated. Please also like, follow, subscribe, click those stars. Share this podcast and your experiences and these incredible stories with others along the way. Together, let's be a part of the change that we want to see so greatly in the world. Hello, everyone. Thanks for staying with us. We are back here with Megan Winters, and we are talking about the experiences that uh megan had throughout her life um guiding her towards the direction that she was meant to take those shoulder taps those signs and signals everything from living in an opposing direction of what it is that physically she needed as an introvert that self-care that she needed to recharge that battery and replenish herself the choices and decisions of sacrifice that she made that took her you know and really disconnected her from the best parts of her life and one of the most impactful sharings was that of all of those ways in which she was hiding hiding from herself hiding from the world hiding from her true life and really concealing uh both symbolically metaphorically and literally um and as we come back here, we're going to reveal the incredible ways. And what I love about Megan's story is she is a walking testimonial to how we can move in opposing directions, kicking and screaming, moving and 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 doing those things that we think we're supposed to, that we should saying yes when we should say no, and moving in opposition as much as we want. But silly us think that we're in control. (laughs) (laughs) And that we make these decisions. But Megan's experience is a really beautiful example of how when we don't know how to get out of our own way, the powers that be can literally rip situations, relationships, and opportunities and experiences away from us and shove us where we're meant to be. So Megan, can you share a little bit with us about those incredible openings for you in your life? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So kind of where I left it was, um, you know, I told the principal I would give her Three years or four—I'd give her a fourth year—and mm. uh, but the universe had a different plan for me. <laughs> um, so this is where things get interesting. Um, so I had a dream uh, many years before. Um, so actually, it was 2011 when i, I was at a conference in. Um, it was when Apple first was releasing the iPads into, like, using them in the classrooms or teaching teachers how to use iPads in the classrooms. Mm. I'm at this conference and I saw a virtual tour for the first time and so like virtual tours being like what you see on google maps where you can click through a space and at the time it was absolutely like that was like a mind-blowing experience like that was I'd never seen one before and I was like what you can (laughs) do that like you can (laughs) look through places before you go there and I like had this divine, just knowing that this is the thing that could change so many lives, Um, both like working with students that have autism, one of the common um, characteristics is difficulty with transitions, um, doing things new for the first time. Um, And when we had new things coming up in the classroom, we would provide visual support. What a a fantastic visual support if everybody could see a virtual tour ahead of time. Wow. And then also, you know, the families, like those families that have children with disabilities um, that I worked with were not having the same types of quality family experiences. They weren't going into the community. They weren't going to the movies. They weren't traveling. Mm. And so I just felt like this is my purpose on earth. Like this is my purpose on earth is to help families to have these quality experiences. So this was 2011, Um, so I had this, this dream on my heart, um, which leads me to, uh, 2017 when I had been, uh, working on this project. Um, it was called, the original, uh, version was called Able Eyes. Um, and it, I had just finished my, um, so when you become an assistant principal, you have uh three years well I had my master's degree but you have to have an ad- admin certificate to hold that position mm-hmm. and so I had three years to get that certificate I found a program through Penn State that was online it was a reputable program I talked to Penn State Penn State said that it was it transfer to Michigan I talked to human resources human resources was good with like everything was fine perfect great um I finished the program in two and a half years. I you know, turned in my, all of my uh, paperwork to human resources, and uh, they, I got a raise, and I went on with life. So I'm also working, started working on eyes at this time, and I told the principal I would give her one more year. I thought, if I could have the stability of staying in this role for another year while I'm building this thing that's on my heart, that might be a safer route. So I'm going to give her one more year. Um, however, I clearly knew what my uh, what was meant for me. And uh, in July of 2017, which was my three years in that role, uh, Human Resources called me and they said, um, we have some bad news. And I was like, what? And they said, uh, your uh, program through Penn State was not accepted by the state of Michigan. And you can no longer hold your role as an assistant principal. And I was like, what? Like, just like, talk about the rug being pulled out from under you. Like, right. and, and my hu- the human resources in the school, they were amazing. They were, uh, they offered, you know, to put me in different roles. Like it'd still be a special ed, supervisor or a teacher consultant or a teacher like there were a ton of roles that i could have taken on Mm -hmm. in the school but my heart was telling me that this was happening for a reason Mm -hmm. um the way it ended up working out and it could not be more divine in timing is that my last day at the school was on a friday there was a saturday sunday in between and able eyes launched on monday this is Whoa. stabilized. I had, I had been working on this for six months, probably like creating the website, creating our content, creating our logos. Like I really had been working on a ton in the background on this thing, but I wasn't even really talking about with anybody. It was like a secret. Um, but something I was so excited about. And like I said, the universe was like, nope, here you go. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And even then I didn't want to listen. I uh, was so worried. I mean, I was making almost a hundred thousand dollars a year my health benefits. My husband was self-employed, so my, our health benefits were through the school. Um, like that is a that's a huge hit to mm-hmm. lose those two things. So I was still kind of like, well, maybe I can find something like closer to home that to to at least make some money. I ended up applying for a job in my hometown as a teacher in an amazing classroom. I would have loved it. Um, they they offered it to me with an amazing package. She even said, if that's not enough, I can go to the board and I can, I can, I can get you more. Like it was like all of the tests were there. Um, like, you know, here's this little carrot. Do you want it? Uh huh. Um, and I, uh, she called me and offered me this position and I got off the phone and um, well, I said, I said, I need to talk to my husband about it and I'll call you back. Mm-hmm. And so I called my husband and uh, I told him what the offer was. And he said, well, what do you, what do you think? And I said, "I don't think it's what I'm supposed to do. I don't wow. know i i don't I don't know like that's crazy, right?" <laughs> and he was like, "We'll figure it out. like mm-hmm. we always do. we'll figure it out if this is not what you think you're supposed to do, then then don't do it. And so I called her, and I turned down the position, and then I cried for a really long time <laughs> 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 um but that was like my, that was my big moment. And the things that I remember after that, uh, like in those weeks after that is I started to like see life completely different. Like I was noticing like sunsets and sunrises and like pretty flowers. And I was like, I was recognizing that there was a life out there, um, that I was too busy to even open my eyes to before. And, um, since then, it has been an incredible journey of creating uh, this amazing company. Um, Able Eyes is, is the original company, and then we just actually launched the uh, kind of the 2.0 version of it eight days ago um, called Able View. Mm-hmm. And um, it is an incredible tool that is helping people um, find places in their community or when traveling. Um, and, and access all of that accessibility information before they go. So it's like the Yelp of virtual tours or the Yelp of accessibility information. Um, and I am living my purpose. I'm living what my sole purpose is. I am, I, I love everything about my life. Um, I've, I'm, I have a great relationship with my husband now. And um, I mean, my kids are teenagers, so I don't know. I don't know what a great relationship with a teenager <laughs> looks like, but I mean, I, th- I think I'm doing Okay. <laughs>
0: i i can personally definitely guarantee that you are in great place in terms (laughs) in terms of that and megan wow 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 and again gem upon gem upon jewel upon diamond of of absolute incredible everything that it is that you're you're bringing out here and i really want to to highlight here there was something you kept saying and it's so interesting the way you phrased it and when I'm tying all of these ideas together you said like there's this dream on my heart and most often I don't know if you realize this but we when we hear people say this they say you know I had something in mind or a dream in my heart or I had a purpose in my sight, or any, you kept saying on. And this incredible connection that I keep going back to about this mark, this imprint on your heart. <laughs> and again, going back to the tattoo. And you're like, and I, I, was, I was hiding that. We were working on this company undercover. Right. We were doing it like in secret and hiding that mark on your heart. The same way you were hiding that mark on your arm. I mean, it's just like, this is so beautiful. (laughs) Like, and. I think now, like, you know, after this, it's like, you're going to look down at that thing and go like, wow, I had no idea that this had so much value (laughs) in it at the time. (laughs) But I, I see it so much that, you know, these signs and these signals are there for us. And you talk about the things that after this, you know, it's like, I was working on this company in secret, and I was hiding this mark, and that the universe was like, you know what, we're outing you girl we are just like this is your grand reveal and just when you think you know you have this and you know speaking about those experiences you know how how you turned back and it's like all right i'm gonna go for that teaching job because i don't know and i need that security there is that test of like we want to see how ready you are to take this leap of faith. Yes. And a lot of people um, have this way of, you know, they express that things start to go well for them for a little while. And then all of a sudden it's like, there's almost this backtracking, right? Like where you, you question yourself and you doubt yourself and all these things start happening and it feels like everything's getting like thrown in my way. And, and we look at that and really, you know, that is that test. It's that boot camp or that walking through the fire to say, we want to know that you are all in, that you have everything that it's going to take, that you are 100% committed and invested in this. And Megan, for you to sit here and say, like, I have my pick of salaries. I've got the packages. I've got the benefits. I literally get to write my own ticket into this. Right. And then you and your husband together in this beautiful partnership and connection. And first of all, I just want to give a huge shout out and some, some incredible gratitude to your husband and all of the partners and spouses and connections in everyone's lives, most especially yours in this endeavor who are in a place of support and love that you can take these leaps and take these steps together with the support of someone like that um and we really just want to give some some real great acknowledgement to what a gift that is because we know that not everybody has that and that can make or break the situation like if you didn't have that support you know, hey, no, I understand this is a great dream and everything, but we need that money. So sorry, honey, you're taking that position. We wouldn't be sitting here today. Right. Um, I mean, we could be, but maybe you wouldn't still, you know, be in your marriage. There, there would be a very different path of, of your experience. So really extending that gratitude to that gift that was placed into your life with that relationship with your husband. So from my heart and everyone in the lives that you're t- you're, you're touching with your gifts and your company and um, what it is that you have made, uh, thank you to you and thank you to, to him for that support to put you in this place. Um, but most especially this realization and this is, as we tie this all together, what I think is what makes each and every one of these interviews and these connections so beautifully aligned with this message of coming back to life is that you came to realize that you were noticing things like sunsets and the breeze on your face and you were feeling and you were experiencing, and you were connecting, and that at this time in your life, living out this true purpose. And again, you know, as you recognize, um, none of these experiences leading up to this were for nothing. Um, because had had you not had that experience with you know students with autism, would you have ever considered? You know this idea,
1: right? Probably not. I mean, maybe through my friend Jessica, um, that you know was a wheelchair user, but I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had the same depth to it right. as it does through without having that experience. And I did it. I feel like I'm doing it um, for those parents and for those families too. Yes, for mm-hmm. the child or the person with a disability, but that doesn't just impact that kid. It impacts. The parents and the siblings too. Like if you never, uh, you know, get to go on a camping trip or never get to go to Disney World or never get to you know, go someplace because you have a sibling with a disability, you know, that's affecting the entire family. And so I want to make sure that those opportunities are available for people and that we can provide enough information for them to have those types of experiences.
0: Oh, Megan, what an incredible gift that you are that you are giving these families i mean there is so much and and there's no question you know that every educator is is a gift in the life of every children uh every child and every student that they have an impact and the opportunity to work with and there is so much in terms of um really that next level of working with special education students and connecting with not just the curriculum and the education they receive and and, and those experiences but a quality of life yes um you know just just in advocacy and working as case managers and you know upholding special ed laws and ieps and everything we we connect with the parents as well on a very different level we have a lot of outside of work emails and phone calls and chats and stories right so we really become a part of their lives and what i think is incredible megan is i mean there is no question that you were marked for a life and that, you know, I can feel it in your energy and your spirit that you, you know, really connect with a level of empathy and compassion and support and understanding that many other people who either have no experiences with special needs children, um, who don't have special needs children of their own, those things that you know, like you said, experiencing a camping trip, those things that many people just, you know, oh, we hop on a plane, we go to Disney every year, or, you know, we we have a camp, you know, a seasonal campsite or, you know, just take for granted the ability to be able to do those things. And your realization that recognizing things like a sunset and what it feels like to really experience life Is a gift. And everything that has led up to you following this direction to not only give yourself every bit of those gifts that you were meant for in the gifts of your beautiful family, your connection, your experiences with those sunsets and nature, the replenishment of your spirit and your mind and your body. In having that time for the self care that you need. But how it is that that enables you to show up so fully in this life and in this world, joyfully, energetically, and lovingly giving that experience to others as well. And I have to ask you, Megan you know, this way of living, you know, running a whole company and and a business and corporate, you know, like there's a lot to it, right? There's a lot of moving pieces. But would you say that your life in this experience now, is it harder, easier, busier, faster, more exhausting, more draining, or was life before the way you were living it harder?
1: That's a great question. I, building the business has definitely, uh, was waves, uh, early on, Mm -hmm. you know, I was just figuring, I was Googling my way through life. Um, (laughs) just just figuring, like, I didn't know anything about business. I didn't know how to create an invoice. I didn't know how to send a contract. I didn't know how to sell anything. I didn't know, like, because the business is, um, you know, pay to be on our platform. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go out and and tell businesses why this is important. So like, there's like a selling component of it too. I'm like, I'm an educator. I don't know how to sell anything. (laughs) Um, so, but right now, especially, so just like launching this, this new platform has been a really big deal. Um, we went into partnership with an incredible company, um, that believes in us and, um, believes in the impact that this will have. And so, um, I'm working so many hours every day of the week right now, right now in this, in this season. Mm. And it's easier. It's 1000% easier um, because I love it so much and I believe in it. And I know that what I'm doing is making an impact that my eight hours a day in the school was so much harder when I was not living like authentically in who I am. And like, I am exactly, I am the same person in all aspects of life now. I'm the same person at home. I'm the same person when I work. I'm at the same person when I'm in a meeting. I'm, at the, I'm the same person when I'm on a podcast. Like I am the same person all the time. And um, it was much harder being a separate person and working less hours than it is being just one whole person. And I'm putting tons of time and energy into my career, um, but it just feels worth it. Like I, I would put more, I would put more hours in if that's what I need to do. And
0: I, I can't even begin to express um, the joy that I feel in, in your, I mean, I, I can hear it and I can feel it where you're just like, you know what, I, I could work, you know, 60 hours a week and I still have energy and it's still easier than putting in 30 the way things were. Yeah. And... I think that's one of the greatest indicators that for anybody, if you literally feel like whatever it is that you're doing, that it's like, you know, I, I share this story that when I knew it was time to come out of, of what it was that I was doing, I was crying before I was going to sleep. I was crying in the shower. When I woke up, I would have to drive with my makeup bag in my car on the way to work because I was literally crying on my way to work and I didn't want to mess up my mascara. you know, if if you are literally dreading, you know, and, and I'm not talking about just like, you know, conflicts within the workplace or anything like that, but where it's like you literally feel like I cannot go on living this way anymore. That duality of knowing that there, there's something different, that mark on your heart that you're just covering with both hands and a steel wall um as scary and uncertain and tumultuous as it could be for that point in time of transition it is so worth it to brave and to work through the temporary discomfort of transition than to continue to endure perpetual suffering of familiar pain (laughs) true story Right and and Megan, I mean, your experience is is a living testimony to that. And um, as we wrap everything here together, um, I'd like to ask for any parting words that you would like to share with everyone here, um, to to bring back this idea of your your coming to life experience and what it is that is possible for, for everyone out there.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that the, 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 the few biggest things that I, uh, have learned about myself or that if someone asked me like, what advice would you have? Um, it would be to follow your heart, like whatever it is. Um, follow your heart. It's tattooed on my forearm. Just follow your heart. Those are your shoulder taps. Those are your nudges, mm-hmm. um, and I try to listen to those nudges as often as possible. Um, the other thing that I kind of live by is um, not making decisions out of fear. Um, so I used to struggle with uh, public speaking. That was something that I had, would cause a lot, cause me a lot of anxiety. Um, And now I speak all the time. I speak on stages, I speak on podcasts, I, um, because I'm speaking about something that I'm so passionate about, for one, I'm usually talking about disability topics and things like that. Um, But as much as sometimes like the next biggest thing comes up, and I like there's a part of me that wants to say, Oh, no, oh, no, that's, that's too big. That's too many people. but I never say no out of fear. That's probably my my number two, and that's it.
0: I love that, Megan. I want to thank you with all my heart for the gifts of your time, your energy, uh, your willingness to come and to share, and most especially for the work that you are doing with your company, Able Eyes Now, Able View and the experiences that you are giving and that gift of the life experiences that you are giving to so many um, of those with special needs, as well as those families who are experiencing everything, uh, it is that comes with a life of accommodating and working with those needs. Such an incredible gift. And I know that you are making an incredible impact in this world. And I am wishing you and your team all of the best and that you continue to thrive and grow uh, so you can continue to bring these experiences out into the world. So thank you so very much.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you. And thank you to everyone who has taken the time to make space and time in your day and in your lives to be with me and Megan for this experience. And also to uh, extend an invitation to the Rising Together Women's community where we are building a tribe of connection and community of incredible souls and uh, spirits, continuing our journeys in unity. So you can find information for that in the links in the show notes, as well as information uh, for Megan on uh, Ableview and Able Eyes in the show description notes. And I want to wish you all a wonderful rest of the week and look forward to being with you for our next episode. Until then, take care. Great blessings. Bye-bye.